Hello and welcome to another episode of High Performing Leaders in Sport, a show where we connect with inspiring individuals shaping the world around them. Today I'm thrilled to have a special guest, the heart and soul behind the East Fremantle Football Club, Addie Wetzler. Addie isn't just a CEO, he's a dedicated family man, a lawn bowler and a leader who brings a genuine passion for the game and the community. Throughout his journey, he's quietly transformed into one of the brightest minds in WA sport. In our conversation today, we'll take a closer look at Addy's story, his background, his love for the sport, and the unique approach it brings to the helm of the club. It's not just about victories on the field, it's about the community, the growth, and the bond that makes East Fremantle more than just a team. So join me as we sit down with Addy Wetzler, a man who leads with humility and a genuine love for the game, right here at High Performing Leaders in Sport. Addy Wessler, CEO of East Fremantle Football Club. Welcome to the High Performing Leaders in Sport podcast. Josh? So you told me this when we first met that I have you on this podcast. I probably would have thought, all right, we're going to be talking about Addy's lawn bowls career. Is that what you would have thought at the same time? Um, probably. And, and look, more than happy to uh, to touch on that as well if, if, uh, if you've got any questions there. But uh, but no, it's it's funny how these uh, these things uh how things progress yeah we'll definitely have to get to the lawn bowls at some point because you know every time we catch up you always even at, at, before this you were like trying to get me get me to play lawn bowls i don't think i'm ready there yet but if i need a new ac another acl surgery i think i might be joining you down at double view sometime yeah. soon but uh let's dig deep into to you especially like your background so you can just share with everyone a bit of your background and a bit about your professional background and i guess then what led you into taking on the role at east for footy club as ceo yeah, sure. I, I guess probably a slightly unusual um, path here, and and uh, can't say I ever imagined I would be the the CEO of a of a waffle club. But um, uh, some a few weeks into the into the role here at uh, at Esfrio, uh, my last role was at the uh, at the WA Footy Commission uh, as the head of commercial. But prior to that, I spent ten years working uh, across fundraising and philanthropy roles. Uh, working for a few different charities in uh, in both Perth and uh, and Melbourne, where I'm from originally, uh, and then a sales background prior to that. So um, yeah, I've sort of been been pretty fortunate, probably fallen forward um, at uh, at times. Um, but um, but yeah, pretty excited to be a, a few weeks into this role here at, uh, at the Footy Club. Is there a role in your past and your background that I guess has really set you up? to succeed in the CEO role or is it kind of a combination of them all? Yeah, pro- I mean, probably a combination. I think I've, I've been been lucky at different stages that uh, I guess I've, I've gone down a slightly different career path and I've had the opportunity and um, I've had somebody at the key stages that's backed me in. Um, I've also been unsuccessful um, at, at various stages um, as, as everyone has. So um, yeah, probably just a, a, a combination of uh, of things and at the end of the day it's um yeah it's 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 about about timing as, as much as anything when you were at uni was there a dream job of of yours because i guess a lot of the people and you know you've listened to this podcast and a lot of people that go to uni they've got these desires of working in sport and becoming a ceo or some form of leader what, what was your dream gig um, I, I didn't last very long at uh, at uni, so uh, I was there for a matter of uh, of weeks. To, to be honest, I probably didn't have have much time uh, at uni to think about about anything really. Um, I always loved sport. Um, probably my interest as a when I was in high school might have been more the sports journalism path, and I, I probably I did a little bit um, uh, when I was uh, in my early twenties, just a, a little bit around um, uh, around sports writing, but. Uh, but never as a as a as a proper job that was a, a hobby. So um, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm a I'm a, a keen consumer of sport and, and certainly of, uh, of footy. But uh, but yeah, ne- never thought I'd be be working in it to be honest. And as a keen consumer of sport and being a proud Victorian, how does one start supporting the West Coast Eagles? Uh, a, a proud a proud West Australian these nah, these days. Victor- of, Victorian, come on. Of uh, of renounced <laughs> renounced my East Coast uh, ways. Um, six and a half years here now. So um, now look, I, I think yeah, life, lifelong West Coast uh, supporter. No no good footy teams in in Melbourne, believe it or not. So uh, as a kid growing up there, I had to look a bit further afield and um, 
um, yeah, West Coast were, were pretty good to me uh, as a as a fan growing up in the nineties. Yeah, just a, it's just a shame they're struggling at the moment. I'm really disappointed to see that. <laughs> you you sound it. I'm, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll bounce back. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they will probably get bounced back sooner than my Dockers. But um, let's talk about your gig as CEO of East Fremantle Football Club. So can you walk us through the process of I guess applying to being interviewed? to starting the role what what was that journey like um yeah sure i guess um you know look being uh albeit for a short time at the at the commission but you know the footy industry is a, a fairly uh, small one as as the sports industry in, in wa is uh, is more broadly so uh, a couple of conversations uh, um initially and uh to, to be honest i i there are a number of people i, I spoke to before i actually applied for the for the role uh, i was I was really enjoying my role at the at the footy commission. I, I certainly wasn't uh, wasn't looking, um, and uh, but yeah, the, these opportunities pop up at, at strange times sometimes. So um, yeah, there were a few people I, I reached out to, both uh, in the sports industry in, in footy. Um, I had conversations with uh, with my, uh, my my CEO uh, and my manager at the footy commission as uh, as well, and, and they were they were very supportive, and and then went through a process um, uh, initial interview. A, a, presentation to the, the board uh, and uh, uh, so yeah two, two steps to the process there but certainly plenty of, uh, of conversations with people along the way. So how do you prepare about doing your presentation to the board? Is it a good old Google? How do I present to a football board? How does that process go? <laughs> um, look I, I guess uh, you know felt pretty fortunate being in football um, and, and having uh, work, working with all of the waffle clubs, albeit to a fairly, you know, fairly superficial way, I, I had a sense of what the, the the challenges facing the waffle clubs and and the waffle competition, as as well as footy more more broadly. So uh, I get, I guess that was uh, that was an advantage. Uh, and I, I also uh, I serve on a couple of not for profit boards, not um, well, one in one in sport and and one uh, from a, a charity uh, uh, organisation. So I, I guess having uh, awareness of, of what it's like sitting in the other um on the other side of the, the table and what uh, expectations i um i'd have as a as a board director um i, I think it's important you, you put yourself in the in the shoes of the person you're uh, talking to or presenting to uh, it, it goes a long way use the word there important how important was it that support i guess especially from the ceo of the footy commission having that support about applying for a role like this um, oh, massively. I mean, I think so. So Michael Roberts, the CEO, and and uh, Nerida uh, Collins, who was my my manager there, um, both fantastic uh, people, and and you know really uh, really good operators. And um, yeah, I think them uh, them providing that support gave me a lot of uh, confidence, not not just in myself, but also um, that it was uh, a good decision to to go for the uh, the role. So yeah, it makes a big difference. I, I think. Look, everyone. Uh, goes about that process a bit differently, and and I know certainly some people uh, are very hesitant to uh, to to share the fact that they might be looking for a job or, or going for an interview with their their manager or, or colleagues. Um, I guess I, my approach is normally being to be transparent with that, um, but it, it, I guess it depends on the the, the time and stage in, in your career and and the role as well. But yes, certainly really grateful for that support. So let's talk about East Fremantle as a club. It has a very rich and storied history here in Western Australia. So can you maybe just share, if you do it at the moment, have a, what your vision is for East Fremantle under your leadership and maybe outline any key strategies you're keen to implement to achieve your vision? Yeah, certainly. Um, and, and I mean, 125-year, 126-year history now, um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible to think about the the club and, and what it's achieved over those years and and, and also the most successful uh, waffle club in in the history of the, the competition so I um I certainly don't take that uh, that that lightly and there's a lot of uh, expectation that comes that comes with that uh, I, I think for for me uh, obviously on field success last year is um uh, it's, it's an exciting time to come in on the back of uh, both a men's and women's uh, senior Premiership, uh, and and certainly there's an expectation uh, from our, our members and fans that there's ongoing success. Um, my my background isn't in, uh, in in football operations, so 
uh, I, I guess coming from more the the uh, the commercial side, that's that's probably what the, it's indicative of what the board see as being the initial priority. The the footy side's going really well. I've got fantastic people um, that have been driving a, a high performance uh, culture, a culture of uh, of success, and that it's led to that on field success. But um, a real challenge for our club and, and for every Waffle club is around financial sustainability. So um, that's certainly uh, a, a key priority for uh, for me. Um, I mean, we, we have a, a strategic plan uh, and uh, we're sort of midway through through that. So, uh, and, I, and I think that the pillars that sit under that are, are really well-founded and uh, are certainly still relevant. So um, I think for me, it's about picking up uh, where that's been been left off from my, my predecessor um, and uh, and just continuing to build on uh, on that. You talked about financial sustainability. I mean, that's I guess is probably big, the biggest challenge facing sport, not only just in WA football but in general. Definitely, and and, and look, waffles are waffles in a really interesting place, and I, I guess every sport has its unique challenges. I, I think for the the waffle, it's it's the identity of the waffle has changed a lot over the the journey. Um, and, and we don't have to go back 126 years. We can go back, um, you know, 30 years. Um, you, you know, you you go back 35, 40 years. You know, pre AFL, um, it was it was a very different landscape. Uh, and and I think there's a temptation for people that have been around around the club and around the competition for a long time to talk about the the good old days. Um, and the reality is that when you know we're not going to be getting you know 20, 25,000 people to a home and away waffle game um comparing it to the uh the the afl and the the, the resources that the afl clubs have um you know the, the the revenue that flows in through television rights it's it's not you know it's it's not a sensible comparison i actually think the waffle is a fantastic uh product i've been an advocate for it not just in this role in my previous role but beforehand as well and i think it's about um, really identifying what are the the strengths and the advantages that the waffle has o- over the AFL and really playing into those strengths. And I, I again, I think from a, a game day experience, it's a very different experience um, from the AFL. And I, you know, I, I, you said I'm a West Coast supporter. I, I love going and watching them, but from a family um, friendly uh, perspective, taking my uh, my daughters along uh, to the waffle is a uh, uh, it's a much much better experience than taking them along to uh, Optus Stadium. So I think we've just got to lean into what uh, our strengths are as um, not just as a club, but as a competition. So I guess where do the opportunities lie then from a Waffle or East Fremantle standpoint? So I, th- I think just that game day experience and really catering to, uh, you know, you've, you've still got to cater to the diverse uh, audience that that uh, that attends. And, and there's probably a couple of um, there's probably sort of two or three key demographics, and I think ensuring that you're you're catering to all three. So for me, you've you've sort of got your your rusted on uh, waffle supporters and club supporters who 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 were around in those good old days, and um, they get together with their mates and and want to have a, a beer and and reminisce. Um, I think from a, a family perspective, again, you know, if you've got young kids, um, you know, they can they can run around. There's you know bouncy castles and and other. Uh, activities to keep them busy and you can still watch great great footy um and then i think probably the other demographic is um is is, is sort of in that that 20s and, and and 30s and um you know male and female and you know on a saturday afternoon you can quite easily um, shuffle down to your, your local waffle club uh, you know have a have a couple of beers before you kick on for a night out and, and i think uh, making sure that the game day experience that we deliver caters for those three key groups, but really, you know, that anyone that, that comes along, whether it's our supporters or uh, the, uh, the the opposition supporters, they can come along and, um, you know, have a, a, a reliably good day at the footy. Um, that That's what our focus is, is going to be moving forward. So what is, I guess, what does success kind of look like? In your role, we're talking about the challenges and opportunities you're highlighting. Just the success on the field, success. Talking about financial sustainability, I guess is a is a goal for East Frio. So, what does success look like for you in your role? Is it more premierships? Is it that financial sustainability? Is it the growth of the women's game? Like, is it everything? Pretty much. 
it's it's everything. I think it depends on. I mean, also who who you ask. So if, you know, our, our our members and 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 fans and and our players as uh, as well, and across all of the grades, we've got a a significant number of uh, of, of players uh, across uh, across league reserves and Colts and men's and and, and league and, and Rogers Cup in the uh, in the women's program. So um, it's about on field success uh, for, uh, for for them. Um, I think it's also about that what that experience looks like and making sure that um, our, uh, our our soon to be new home ground at Shark Park it's it's uh, it's not just a football facility but it's it's a home for our players and our, our fans um and then there's the off-field aspect around the finance and at the end of the day that's not what the um you know the our members and fans are passionate about the club and we're a footy club and they want to see that on-field success but none of that is possible without uh the financial sustainability uh pillar so it's not particularly uh Glamorous or sexy, but it, it's it's critical and it, it's it's an enabling function. And at the end of the end of the day, I see myself as an enabling function. If I'm um, doing my job well and leading the the team, and everyone is um, is is performing here, what we're enabling is for the for the football to happen. Uh, and uh, and and what that looks like for the for the players, for the members, and the fans um, is a is a great experience and something that they can be proud to be associated with. And you kind of like touched on your, your leadership style there. So like, how would you describe your leadership style? Is it that enabling approach? And I guess, how do you plan to inspire and lead your team to? Yeah, I think probably a mixed approach. I'd like to think that, um, I'd like to think that I'm uh, consultative and decisive. Um, and I think you've, you've just got to uh, know what, uh, you know, when to switch gears as well. Um, I'm, I'm certainly, well, I don't think I am up. Um, others might have a different view, but I'm, um, you know, like a, a sort of old, old school kind of dictator approach doesn't really um, cut it these these days, and that's certainly not how I go about it. But um, you've you've got to consult and engage, but you you also, um, you know, you, you can kind of reach paralysis if you're not making decisions at the end of the day. So it's about getting that balance right. And um, look, coming into a new role, it takes a little bit of time to um, recognise what the best approach is, and we've got some. Fantastic people here involved with the uh, the club, um, from from the staff to the you know the, the the coaches, the volunteers. There's so many people that are involved. So uh, I'm I'm taking this time to um, to meet everyone and ask questions and learn about how how everybody ticks and then and work out how I can uh, I guess adapt my approach to get so that everyone can get the most uh, out of themselves. Is that kind of like how you would approach your first 90 days? I know a lot of leaders have like, these are the kind of things that I want to do in my first 90 days. Did you have anything like that planned out? I, I did. So, yeah, um, as part of the presentation to the board, there was a, a 30, 60, 90 plan. I, I should probably revisit that to to be uh, honest and see how I'm uh, I'm tracking because you you get into the uh, the, the, the hey, You got the job. You don't have to review it anymore. You got the job. You're all good. No, I, I, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think that I'm, uh, I'm I'm vaguely heading in that uh, in the direction that I'd uh, I'd outlined, but uh, it's probably it is probably worth uh, checking in on that. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, certainly a lot of uh, ex- exploration, a lot of asking questions and and learning on the job. But I mean, at, at the same time, it's a really it's a short off season. We're into the the preseason. The uh, the first uh, first women's preseason game is is a week away, so. Uh, it, the season comes at you really quickly, um, so it's about making the most of the time we have before we we hit the season. I, I think for us, um, especially moving into into the new facility, there's a lot of unknowns, so uh, there's a lot for us to to work through. How do you prepare for the unknown? <laughs> a good question. Um, look, I, I think asking a lot of questions, and and I think you. Big believer that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, and that while I guess what I'm what I'm going through coming into this this role is is it's new for me. Um, there's there's plenty of other people that have uh, have have been there and done that. So um, asking questions and and chatting to people and and you know for me you, you I guess you, you you pull bits of information out of all of those conversations and then you you sort of pull it together into hopefully a, a vaguely cohesive plan of a attack but uh, I'm a big believer you don't get bonus points for having an original idea um and and you can be you know it's about being effective and efficient in in any role and in, in any capacity and 
I think, looking at what others are doing. And, and for me, that's looking across uh, the other Waffle clubs. It's looking across the AFL clubs. It's looking across other sports here uh, in, in the, um, you know, from a, a state league perspective. Um, you, there's different things you can pick um, out of uh, what those uh, those clubs and leagues are doing, and and then you adapt it into uh, into a, a, a an East Fremantle East Fremantle context. Well, I want to talk about leadership principles. Are there any leadership principles or even role models that influence your approach? I guess outside of your wife, Jess. Uh, yeah, Jess would say that I don't really listen to to her much, to be honest. But I, but I, I do. I have to say that because she might be uh, listening in at some stage. Um, look, I, I've been really fortunate to work with some great leaders uh, across my uh, across my career, um, and that's not just CEOs. I, I think people can fall into the trap that unless you're um, a CEO or, or or C-suite, you're you're not a leader. And I, I just don't. I don't subscribe to uh, to that. I think there's an opportunity to demonstrate leadership at you know at any level and in any role, and it's generally the people that can demonstrate those skills at you know perhaps an earlier career stage and um, and, and engage those senior leaders well that then find themselves um, you know further down the track getting those opportunities. So um, yeah, certainly plenty of people I've worked with over the the journey have have shaped my approach and. And 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 the good and the bad and and you you learn you sometimes learn more from uh from from the bad than you do from the the good um and it's not necessarily I don't think you know people are um a sort of intrinsically bad but it's about understanding what is um you know what approach has been effective for me and effective for for colleagues I've worked with over the journey and then um, as I get to know the people I'm I'm working with in in this role understanding how I can how I can be the right leader for for them you talk about being the right leader do you have to be a different leader for different colleagues and people that work under you or is it a case of i treat everybody the same i think it's a bit of both so uh, i mean i think you know probably one of the attributes i have is that i'm um i've been described as a chameleon uh and i think um being adaptable and being able to engage with Different people in different ways is important, but you've got to do that. You, in a, um, you've got to be genuine about that, um, and it's not about being a, a different person. Because if you if you're trying to be a different person with different people in different conversations, you'll lose you'll lose track of who you are. Um, so you, you've you've got to still be genuine. But I think being adaptable and understanding what drives people, what makes them tick, um, and, and even being able to to adapt around language and, and have different conversations with people, I think is really, uh, really important. So how are you going to at East adapt to, and I guess leverage, I guess, innovation and technology to enhance East performance on and off the field? Because I think innovation is such a broad term used and thrown out, but technology is something, one of those things I feel like at a high level sport, it's quite heavily used, but I just wonder whether the, the levels below that technology is kind of used in a different, different way in a different context. Sure. Uh, I guess look, we we don't have the budget of um, you know of, of an AFL club, but we certainly, from a, a high performance perspective, uh, there's certainly technology that we've um, uh, uh, in, in, introduced. And and I, I think for, for me, I'm, I'm I've been so impressed getting along to, uh, to to some training sessions and spending time with uh, with our coaches and our leadership uh, group amongst the players uh, as as well that. That how seriously they take their role, um, and I think the effort that they they put in is um, it's it's on par with the the effort that the the AFL and AFLW players put in. Uh, but they're also working jobs on the on the side, and and um, on, on the, the the commitment, the uh, the intensity with which they they train, and um, the professionalism that they display is um, yeah, it, it's it's genuinely impressive and. I think we um, we're, we're leveraging leveraging technology as best as we can within within our budgets. But um, you know, I've, I've been asking questions uh, as to what what we might be missing, what they feel we might be missing as they um, you know they they engage with their peers at other clubs and playing other sports. And so I think it's it's about um, about looking around and and leveraging that technology. Uh, uh, but but again, being mindful that uh, we we've only got a limited budget still. Even though you've got a limited budget, have you seen any like technological trends that may shape the future of sport? I think uh, 
look from a I'm, I'm probably not best placed from a high performance um, perspective to, to talk to that. There's some great tools out there, and I guess that's not that's not my my background. Um, I think from a um, in terms of looking at brand and marketing AI, uh, there's some great AI driven tools out there, uh, and and all of the Waffle Clubs have access to uh, WSC Sports, which is an AI driven clipping tool. Some clubs are using uh, that tool better than others, but um, we're really fortunate through the uh, through the Footy Commission and the AFL to have access to that. Uh, you know, it's a tool that's used by uh, by the NBA, by uh, La Liga in in Spain, um, and so we've got exactly the same access to that tool that those leagues have. So while we we don't have the the same budget or the same resources that Real Madrid have, we can certainly look at the way they utilise that tool, how they commercialise it as well, and then again, it's about how we can uh, adapt that in our context. Wouldn't it be nice having the the budget of a Real Madrid, Addy? It's uh, hard to yeah hard, hard to imagine. Uh, a, a few more headaches for them as as well, I'd say. Just a couple. Now, fan engagement. You've kind of highlighted it briefly there. I guess with the three pillars when you're talking about your, your game day stuff. So, are there any initiatives you have in mind to enhance fan engagement and create a stronger connection with the audience? You know, pre during and post-football games? Yeah, definitely. So I think it does centre around the, the game day and that game day experience. But I think we also need to do a bit more to look beyond that. And at the end of the day, our uh, our our players, our, our talent uh, are there as uh, as role models for, for kids growing up. And uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, our engagement with the junior footy clubs and, and with schools. And I'm keen to see us, um, you know, really ramp up our activity in that space to be, to be, uh, you know, perfectly honest, um, you know, I think for for, for most kids, um, you know, they, they they might not know the difference between, say, a, a Matthew Jupp and an Oscar Allen, um, you know, coming in, uh, and uh, and 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 we've got the advantage of of having a a couple of shiny Premiership cups uh, for uh, for show and tell at the moment. So um, I, I think you know, kids are, uh, you know, if if you're a, a, a big strong athlete and a Matthew Jupp or an Ash. Goings um, coming into a school environment that kids are going to be pretty impressed by that, and, and rightly so, um, because they are elite athletes. Uh, and, and so I think it's it's for us. It's about how can we engage with particularly that younger generation. And uh, the advantage of the of of the waffle is that uh, we're far our players are far more accessible on on game day. And I think the experience of being able to uh, to jump the fence and stand outside the huddle at uh, at quarter time and three quarter time and and hear the coaches address and, you know, be up and close with the, the players there. It's an incredible experience. It's something that, as an adult, has, uh, you know, I've, I've loved. And, you know, my uh, my, my daughter really uh, has enjoyed as well. I mean, you, you can't you can't do that at Opus Stadium without copying a, a $12,000 fine and a, a three-year ban. So you, you can get up and close to these athletes at game day. But I think we've also have to, we also have to be more proactive in getting out to uh, to the local community as well. And what about from a digital standpoint? I know you, you've made me, you asked me to follow East Freo on Facebook, even though I'm an East Freo fan. So I'm seeing all the all your social media stuff at the moment. How important is that um, from a digital engagement standpoint in the lead up to seasons as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about, and, and we're working through planning uh, at, at the moment around how we can how, how we can engage our, our, um, our talent, our, our players, our coaches, at the end of the day, no uh, no fans really interested in hearing from me, and I'm I'm fine with that. It's about the uh, it's about the football side of things, and and uh, you know uh, we've we've got fantastic coaches across all of our programs. Uh, we've got again fantastic leaders, and how can we uh, how can we engage that talent so that our, our our members and fans can have some insights behind the scenes? So um, you know again, there's there's I think some waffle clubs do that better than others, and and the challenge for us is to be uh, doing that uh, better than anyone. You said uh, no one wants to hear from you, but you did have to do a CEO message that was shared out on social media. Was that a comfortable thing for you to do? Oh yeah, I mean, look, it's, it is part of the role, so I, I don't, I don't shy away from the responsibility that comes with that. And and there's a, I guess there's a time and a place to be, uh, to be front and, and center, and it's about accountability. Uh, but at the end of the day, the footy fans, they, they want to know that the club's being well run. Um, and, you know, I've, I play a role in that, but as does everyone else in the team and, and also the um, the board and the role that they play. So 
um, our, our members and fans want to know that uh, the uh, the administrative side is in is in good hands, but then they they probably want to hear from the coach and, and understand uh, uh, you know who's going to be be playing at full forward and, and what the what the midfield matchups look like. That that's that's more interesting for a footy fan. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be front and centre when I need to be, but I'll, I'll also uh, be be very happy to uh, to be operating in the background and uh, and let our, our talent uh, speak uh, speak for themselves as well. Now, a few years ago, I was lucky enough to meet Brian Cook, who was then I guess Geelong CEO and now the Carlton Football Club CEO. And the biggest thing I took away from that conversation, which I wish I had recorded, um, but one of those things, um, collaboration was the key word he kept talking about throughout that conversation so from a collaboration standpoint like what are your plans to collaborate or even partner within the sports industry or other sectors in your role so i think certainly from uh, across the waffle competition uh, we've got to work really closely with the other clubs uh when we go out on a on a saturday uh, we obviously you know that's that's when you you, you, you want to fire up and you want to have the those rivalries uh, on the field and, and and the narrative narrative of those rivalries for our, our fans is really important as well but um we've got a collective responsibility um as as waffle clubs and as waffle club ceos to work together to to drive success across the the league um and it's, it's very much a you know the, the rising tide lifts all lifts all ships um uh, in, in in play here and i think particularly for a league that has undergone significant change um over over recent decades working together to uh to, to cross promote to lift each other up to learn from each other as to you know what's working and not working particularly from an off-field perspective obviously that the, the on-field and, and high performance aspect is is where um you know we'll, we'll keep things to ourselves as the other clubs do but in terms of um, working together off field, um, we've, we've, we've got to do that. Um, we've got to do that better. I think um, there's. Uh, I think it's it's done it's done pretty well that the footy commission play a role in facilitating and driving that. But the clubs need to take uh, greater accountability. And um, I mean, I've I've got some uh, some good relationships with the uh, the other waffle club CEOs from my, my previous role. Um, and there's probably some some clubs South Fremantle as an example. Obviously, our our, um, our, our bitter, bitter rivals on field, and it's a it's a great rivalry. The the um, Foundation Day Derby is the is the biggest game in the in the waffle. Uh, a lot a lot of people refer to it as the as the real derby, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to lead into that. But I, I think we've got to work together, and I've got a great relationship with Cam Britt, who's the CEO there. I know he's been on your podcast previously. Um, he, he's a good operator, and I've got a lot of respect for him. And um, it, it's about how Cab and I and our teams can work together to make sure that we reinforce the, that derby, um, that we we we, we partner, uh, whether it's around exploring commercial opportunities or from a, a brand and marketing perspective. We've got distinct brands, but they're 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 closely aligned through this rivalry. So how can we actually work together to to amplify that and and lean into history? And it's a fantastic uh, history, although. Um, you know, probably uh, some uh, a, a few a few challenging years for us on field, uh, um, but we've finally broken the the drought after 15 losses in a row. Um, so we're we're now working towards 15 wins in a row. But how how can we um, how can we share that history and celebrate that history and and really look forward to um, to continue to, to grow that rivalry? It's it's funny when you're talking about I guess that collaboration because when I did my US tour in 2019 I was lucky enough to uh, have a sit down with Oregon and Oregon State and one thing that I was blown away by was their collaboration so when they're big have their big sports rivalry between the two football teams two schools you know there's thousands that um, come together the alumni come together in the city of Portland there and um, have a collaborative event and I was just like oh that's amazing that's something that maybe we could bring to Western Australia as Australia as a whole because even from a university sports standpoint there there's not much collaboration between the two and that's kind of what my mind was thinking is like if you can collaborate with with one another you can actually bring this great fan experience for everybody, everybody rather than just keeping it in isolation so yeah I'm ex- excited to see how that goes and you know as Cam's been on he's a friend of the podcast and um, known Cam for a while, and you know he's a really good operator. So you know if you can just kind of steal what South Korea are going to be doing as well, you're going to be in good hands, Eddie. Yeah, I, I think, and, and I mean that's one example. Working 
across across the league. I, I think also working with the AFL clubs, and we've got good relationships with West Coast and uh, and and Frio as as well. But looking beyond that, and um, you know, while while East Fremantle and South Fremantle have have that rivalry, we've got uh, we've got very common objectives as well um, as we do with the other waffle clubs, as we do um, you know to a, a slightly lesser degree with the AFL clubs and you can keep extending that out. And, you know, while we, you know, we're competing with other sports for particularly around participation uh, at that junior level, um, at, at the end of the day, the competition that we face as, as sport broadly is, um, you know, there's technology, you know, video games and, and even just apathy is, is, a, is, is, is the competition. So let's understand um, when we are, Competing, whether it's competing with another club, with another uh, another league, another sport, um, but let's understand when our our, our competition is, uh, is, uh, is is broader than that, and then let's actually work together. Let's work together with other clubs, leagues, and sports for um, our, our, our mutual benefit. You talked about having a good relationship with uh, with Fremantle Dockers and the West Coast Eagles. What does that relationship look like between an AFL club and a Waffle club? So a lot of that is around the the talent pathway. Um, look, both West Coast and 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 Frio put a, um, you know, they're they're much maligned at times, but they they do put a lot of money into grassroots and community football, uh, both directly and then also through the, the footy commission. So um, I think there's you know potentially opportunities to explore commercial, um, you know, further commercial relationships, but um, at a grassroots level. Uh, it's about working with um, with the AFL clubs as we engage our community. It's also their community, and um, you know we're really fortunate uh, as uh, as as a club with both our um, our metro district, but also our regional zone up in the Midwest. And um, you know, working with the the Footy Commission and the AFL clubs, because um, at the end of the day, they've got staff on the ground who are going out and uh, and also part of that community engagement piece. And mm. Um, we, we we've got to work together on on that, and there's probably been examples in the past where, you know, the Waffle Club, the AFL Club, the Footy Commission, and potentially other local um, footy clubs and local stakeholders have all been going about that community engagement in isolation. And mm. um, I think there's some positive steps taken to actually working together in that space, um, but we've got a long way to go. All right, five quick fire questions. Growing up, what sports person did you look up to? Look, uh, Roy Keane uh, was a, was always a bit of a role model of mine. I know um, you know it's a, a different a different coat, but um, I'm a I'm I was I'm still a big big fan of uh, of soccer uh, and an unapologetic Man United fan. And I know Roy Keane probably had his moments where he uh, he crossed uh, crossed the line, but uh, I just loved the way he got about it. And uh, look for me, he he was never uh, the most talented player in the team, but he. He got the most out of himself, um, and uh, and had a, a far more successful career than a, a lot of a lot of people that had way more um, way more talent and potential than he did. So there, there was always something in that for me. How do you stay informed about industry trends? Oh, I think just um, through a network and an, an active uh, network. I think you know there's, there's obviously various um, you know forums and publications and. I, I, you know, probably I probably need to do a better job of staying across those. But uh, for me, there's no substitute to having relationships with people in the industry and from different corners of the industry, and um, just keeping uh, keeping in, in touch and understanding what uh, what challenges they're facing, what opportunities they're working on, and again, how we can uh, adapt that to uh, to our context. Who do you look up to for mentorship and guidance? Look, okay. there's a, a lot of people. I mean, I'm still. In touch with uh, yeah, a number of sort of former managers and and CEOs. So, um, and and then there's there's people uh, of, you know, I think one of the great things about about WA and about Perth is it's uh, a really close closely connected community and and people are really supportive. So I, I came here six and a half years ago, um, you know, knowing my my in-laws and and no one else, and um, yeah, I've been I've met some fantastic people and. And, and built a network, and, and through that network, have been introduced to many other people. So um, there's there's just uh, uh, so many people within that uh, that community that I'll i reach out to some you know some in a sort of very general way, and then other times if I'm 
faced with a, a particular challenge, I, I you know I know that I've got somebody. Um, you know, if it's a if it's a, a HR uh, challenge, of I know I've got somebody I can can reach out to who can give me really good advice uh, around that. So um, thank and, and thanks Kim if she's listening. <laughs> nice. Uh, what does effective communication look like? Look, it's it's a it's a probably a cliche, but but listening, um, it's such an obvious thing, and and actually. Um, active listening. Uh, I, I think uh, you, you can tell when you're in a conversation with someone and they're just waiting for their turn to speak. Um, and, and it's probably not a very satisfying experience. So I think actually when, when you engage, you, you know, you'll be, you know, most conversations, you'll, you'll have some sort of, um, you know, plan or agenda and it might not be, a, a, it might not be anything deep or, or, um, or, or too significant, but, um, you know, Conversations, you know where you want to get to at the end of it, but if if that's all you're focused on, you're you're probably not going to get the most out of that conversation. So um, yeah, de- definitely uh, uh, g- genuinely listening and genuinely caring uh, about the you know the other person and their perspective. In 2024, I want to see what. Oh, we we all want to see uh, the sharks go back to back. We made history. Uh, we made history last year, winning both the men's and women's flags in in the same year, which hadn't hadn't happened in the uh, in the waffle and waffle w era so um yeah time to create more history and uh to go go back to back so a couple last questions uh is it too early for a ceo to start thinking about their legacy weeks in the job uh yeah de- definitely I, I think um that that's something you, you might reflect on you know f- further down the, the line I, I i think it's also one of those things if if you're going about it the right way and focused on the things that matter, that that will take care of itself. Um, I think being being focused on legacy is, um, yeah, you, you you'll probably be distracted by that more than anything. And yeah, um, there's uh, there's no shortage of things to to work on, think about at the moment. So uh, at the end of the day, I, I'd like to think that uh, if I'm again, if I'm to my job and enabling the on-field success, um, that, uh, that that's what our, our members and fans are really going to care about and at the same time making sure that off-field um, we've got the, I think we've got the systems and processes in, in place um, to, to drive that uh, ongoing success. It's funny you saying like systems in place because I was having a chat with Kate Harvey um, last week at baseball at um, his high performance manager there at the Wacker and I was asking him how, you know, Perth Scorchers had a, tough end of the season and I was like how do you kind of review these things and he's like well we've got our internal processes and we just review the process and if we it's one of those things where we don't really necessarily concentrate on the result but it's about the process is that kind of a similar thing there to East Ferro because we t- highlighted talking about measuring success and winning premierships and that kind of stuff but you know like can you have a successful year without winning a premiership I think it depends on on who you ask um uh, and, and and yeah, I, th- I think a footy club there's various measures of success, and again, uh, it depends on you know if you're a player, a fan, a, a member, uh, or or the board. There's probably going to be a different answer there, and they, they are all they are all important, and you can't lose sight of uh, of of any of them. Um, so yeah, I think um, the systems and process processes and policy like they're not it's it's not exciting it's you know people think of sport and they think of the high performance aspects and um you know the, the sports entertainment um side of things the high um, paying jobs eddie a- absolutely and, and look it, it does exist but i think behind uh behind the glamour there's a lot of just a lot of grit and um and and, and hard work and and you know, again, so many, uh, you know, so many people involved, so many volunteers. We've got such an incredible group of uh, volunteers um, here at at our footy club, um, and, and I think it's just that, again, you, you get those systems and processes right, and then you get to you get to enjoy the the spoils. Um, um, but if if all you're focused on is uh, is the on-field aspect, um, and and you sort of lose sight of the bigger picture, um, it, it it it's not going to set you up for on-field success either. You, you talked about volunteers there. I wasn't actually going to um, talk about that, but can you share like how many volunteers are at East for and even other waffle clubs and, you know, what are the type of roles that they do? Because I think especially people that aren't really aware, they might come to a waffle game and go, oh, wow, look at all the staff, look at all the people they have where they don't really realise that probably about 90% of the people they're looking at are volunteers. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And, and our, our, our board are all volunteers and they play a, a, a critical role, uh, you know, obviously from a you know, governance and, and risk and strategy and finance perspective, but also, you know, we've got, got a, a, a group of board members who are really passionate about the club and, and you know, they've, um, you know, they've, they've put their money behind the, the club as well as countless uh, hours. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, I mean, I'm, there's roles right across the uh, the organisation, and and look from a, a footy side, we uh, we we run we run pretty lean. So we have um, you know three three uh, full time staff in the football operations uh, department. Um, one with a focus on the the senior men's program, one on the uh, on the talent pathway, and and one on the women's program. Um, fantastic people, they're doing a, a great job. And and then we've got uh, senior coaches uh, across. Um, the, the senior men's and, and women's program, but then uh, there's a, an army of uh, assistant coaches, uh, S&C, physios, trainers. Uh, you know, you, you get down to, to training and, and you see people that are setting up the uh, setting up the cones and filling the drink bottles. And um, you know, I, I think they're the they're the heart and soul of the club. Um, and we've got so many people who are unheralded, unheralded, and they 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 give so much of their of their time to um, yeah, to 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 enable the the players and the coaches to focus on what they need to to focus on, um, and many of them have a game day role as uh, as well. Um, you know, whether that's yeah r- running water, whether that's um, you know sitting up in the in a timekeeper's box, and that's a that's a, a critical role and probably one of those roles that until you're involved in a footy club, you you, you take for granted that uh, yeah we've, we've got volunteers that are sitting up there. Um, in the timekeeper's box, making sure that the uh, the siren goes when it when it needs to go, and 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 footy doesn't happen without those people. With your presentation, when it came to you applying for the CEO role, was volunteers ever part of the conversation? Yeah, uh, it was. I, I think, um, and our volunteers are, are key stakeholders, and it's about how we relate to them and how we make sure that their experience is is the best it can possibly be as uh, as well. So. Um, yeah, as I said, any footy club, and, and look, that that would extend to the AFL clubs, but obviously they're they're um, you know more more professional outfits in terms of the, the resources that they have. But uh, I think for me, the the waffle clubs are you know sit sit beautifully between the AFL clubs, um, and, and and certainly from a high performance perspective, we we probably resemble the AFL clubs on a on a smaller budget. But for everything else, we're we're a, a grassroots footy club and um, and, and the people that, that play roles at training and on game day and on the weekend and in the off season, we've got countless people. I'm, I'm still I'm still meeting them um, uh, week by week. Um, and and again, they're the uh, they're the heart and soul of the of the of the club. All right, last question. Looking back at your career, we kind of touched on this already a bit before, but uh, are there any lessons or experiences that have shaped your approach to leadership? There's probably a lot of a lot of really small moments along the, the journey, and um, that have probably or have certainly shaped me in, in some way. Um, I, I think it's it's really been the, the people that I've worked with that I've taken so much out of, and and again, um, the the good, the bad, and the and the ugly there, uh, and and learnt a lot. So um, yeah, I think just um, getting to know people and and, and understanding, um, you know, seeing people's uh, people's passion and, and dedication and that's not you know obviously in, currently in a footy context but in, in every role I've been in I've worked with people that um, that really cared about what they were doing and took enormous pride uh, in the organization organization they worked for and, and the impact that they were having and uh, um, yeah I, I, I take a lot out of out of those experiences and those people all right as we wrap things up is there any advice you'd want to give to any aspiring leaders in the sports industry yeah, look, I think uh, I touched on before the importance of having a, a network, and I think it's just putting yourself out there and 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 reaching out to people. And I think more often than not, um, certainly been my experience when I've, I've reached out to people either through an introduction or or uh, or just cold. Is is yeah, most people that uh, have have reached a stage in their career want to give back, and it becomes a a cycle. They would have benefited from uh, from mentors and 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 from working with great leaders when they were earlier on in their uh, in their careers so um, more often than not people will, will want to give back and, and obviously um, you know you, you've got to work with what's uh, what's possible and and particularly if you know if you, if you look up at uh, you know the the CEOs of the AFL 
clubs, they're, they're going to be time poor. But I'd, I'd suggest if you if you reached out to Simon Garlic or, or Trevor Nisbet or now Don Pike that um, yeah they'll they'll they'd respond and, and they'd give you some time. And we're we're really fortunate um, in WA across that sp- the sports landscape. We've got some incredible leaders, um, and, and I know that there's many that I've reached out to, and you know in, in the last six and a half years and and went on for support and advice. So uh, I think it's just not, you know, don't, don't be scared to, to reach out, whether it's through LinkedIn, um, you know, you know, getting out to, to, to functions and taking the opportunity to introduce yourself. Um, yeah, probably probably pick pick your moments. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, all of these people have, have been on the, that pathway themselves and, and uh, more often than not, people want to give back. All right, that's all the time we got, Addy, but I think we've got a little bit of time. How's the Lawn Bowls game going? How's everything at Double View? Um, well, you've, you've saved the most important question for uh, for last. So, yeah, big big game against North Beach uh, tomorrow on on uh, on their track. So, uh, Double View sitting uh, sitting fourth at the uh, at the moment. Uh, a few games to go until finals. Uh, thankfully, um, thankfully the uh, the bowls finals finish. Uh, just before the, the season, footy season really ramps up, so uh, it's a it's a very short gap between the two. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, of you can go the distance today, and then uh, uh, sorry, go the distance this season, and and then it'll be straight into footy season. How would that conversation go with the board? Hey, sorry, can't make opening round. I'm playing lawn bowls. Um, hey, look, hopefully, it's not a it's not a conversation I have to have. Uh, any time soon, but that's probably up to the the footy commission and their uh, their fixturing more than anything. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll keep uh, keep advocating for uh, their there being one season into the into the next and and no overlap. Awesome. Oh, Addy, once again, congrats on being the CEO at East Frio. Really appreciate all your insights and uh, good luck this year. Fantastic. Thanks, Josh.